0: This is Mikey Fresh from Otaku American. You are now listening to Mind on Matters.
1: Elaine, Elaine,
0: darling, I love you so much. I can't go through with our marriage.
1: Have you suddenly gone crazy?
0: No, no, I don't think so. It's only a matter of time. Look, look, darling, you wouldn't want to have children with three heads, would you? I mean, you wouldn't want to set up housekeeping in a padded cell. Oh, it'd be bad.
1: What are you talking
0: about? Oh, I don't quite know, Elaine. Really. Like, Look, I probably should have told you this before, but you see, well, insanity runs in my family.
1: I'm practically gallops.
0: You've got your daddy's eyes. Swagger, too. You've got hair like your grandmother. You crazy ambitious like your late uncle was. You're good with money like your auntie. You got the same freckles on your face as your brother. And those hips and that ass, you definitely got from your mama. Inherited. Your older cousins was drunks. You frequent the liquor store. Your great-grandmother was molested by a neighbor. You don't trust men. Your great-great-grandfather survived the Holocaust. You got to fear of doctors. You ran away from the fallen towers on 9/ 11. You remember that. Now your son hates flying. Your great-grandparents was lynched for jumping the broom in secret. You fear commitment. Hereditary. Welcome to the crazy world of epigenetics. Now what is epigenetics exactly? Epigenetics is a study of how your behavior and your environment around you and your upbringing affect how your genes are expressed. Think of genes having an on and off switch. And let's say you have a sibling. You may be dark skin. The other one, your sibling may be light skin. They obviously have their light skin switch turned on and somebody forgot to turn yours on. Now, (laughs) maybe you're thankful for that or not, but either way. So. Epigenetics looks at how genes are expressed and translated, thus giving you certain characteristics. But what I was really excited and fascinated to talk about is what's called transgenerational epigenetic trauma. Big words, big words. Now, what that is, is just like we said with epigenetics, how outside factors can affect your gene expression it really digs into how trauma can have an effect on how your genes are expressed for instance there was a study in 2015 in the scientific journal of biological psychology in which blood samples were taken from 32 sets of holocaust survivors and their children and they focused on this gene called fkbp5 we're going to go just, we're just going to call that the stress genes for now cuz i don't feel like saying that again But this gene contributes to higher risk of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. All right. So we're going to call this the stress gene. Now, the results that they found was crazy. So when they tested the parents and the children, they found that while the gene itself remained unchanged, they found that this stress gene that was in the parent actually had a chemical marker that attached to the gene. So if you think about this gene like a Christmas tree, think of the chemical marker being an ornament that hung itself on the tree. Right. So this chemical marker is on the parent, on the stress gene. When they ran the blood samples for the children, they found out that the children had the exact same chemical marker. On that gene as well. On the stress gene. So that would kind of signify that their body thought that it also endured The Holocaust as well. It was almost like a copy onto their genealogy. I found this incredibly fascinating because if you think about the trauma that people had to endure during the Holocaust, obviously it would play a part in a survivor in the way they would raise their children, obviously. But for it to affect somebody in their DNA on a gene level, It's almost like they had like predisposed trauma. And that's amazing. Because as awful as the Holocaust was, we also had uh, slavery in the Caribbean, South America, and North America. We also had people who went through 9-11, Sandy Hook, the Great Depression. Too many to name. Too many awful events to name. But what, what we're seeing in epigenetics is that something in the gene expression of the parent is or can be copied onto the offspring. Now, there are many people who don't believe in epigenetics. They kind of feel like it's an excuse for bad nurturing, maybe. But I'm here to say that I totally believe in it. If I hadn't said it before, I'll say it again. I am a black man. And I have been well informed on my family's history with slavery in this country. Um, Knowing other families, I've been familiar with their struggles, their quote unquote family curses that have been running through their family. And it's just something that we never talked about in the sense of it actually being something that we can do something about. And that's the beautiful thing about epigenetics, I think, as we get a better understanding, because it's a very young science, like I said before, as we get a better understanding about it, maybe we can start coming up with solutions to things that remain hidden for decades within our family. So you think about things like alcoholism, depression, things that people may have hinted at. Oh, that, that just runs in the family. It's it's not a big deal. Your uncle had it. Uh, Your great grandfather had it your grandmother had it it's like now we can start having conversations about where did this come from maybe it's maybe it just wasn't in you or maybe you didn't you didn't turn into this maybe that's something that you might have actually inherited from your ancestry i got to thinking about this in detail when i did something a couple months ago that i said i'd never do again and i was reactivate my twitter account <laughs> I told myself that I would never hop back on Twitter. Cause I don't know. If you ever been on Twitter, y'all know Twitter could get crazy, man. It's 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 a it's a strange it's a strange place, yo. But anyway, quote unquote black Twitter, I hate that name, but quote unquote black Twitter, you will often hear, you know, a community of people who tweet about reparations. And I'm here for it. Don't don't get me wrong. But if we start talking about reparations, we have to talk hand in hand about damages and damages done. But what about the damage that's done that needs repairing on the inside, the, the hard work that we have to do? And there's a clinical psychologist by the name of Dr. Joy DeGruy, who uh, wrote a book back in 2012 called Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. that that really digs deep into generational trauma. And I would like to play for you some audio of her talking about the concept of post-traumatic slave syndrome and generational trauma.
1: Post-traumatic slave syndrome is an explanatory theory that really looks at multi-generational trauma. One of the things that's difficult for people is their first response. is, Oh, my God, that happened so long ago. We're talking about people being captured, shipped, sold, beaten, raped, experimented on, and then you have to ask the question, did the trauma continue? Yes, so 300 years of trauma, no help, freed, no help, more trauma. If it's a sustained trauma, then the the impact of that is also sustained. When we look at multi-generational trauma, we're looking at people who are maybe victims of natural disasters and their families and their children and generations of folks who have experienced war Uh, And we know that there are residual uh, mental, emotional, traumatic impact. And what I did was I started to look at the African-American experience, starting with slavery, as a real clear, long-enduring trauma. I started to see that there were clear connections between that survival behavior and contemporary living in African-American experience. I started to see common behaviors that I took for granted. As, well, cultural, there's adaptive behaviors, survival behaviors. Well, what are they? Let's just say 2019, you have a black mother and a white mother. The sons go to school together. They find themselves at a meeting. The black mother leans over to the white mother and says, I just wanted to mention to you that I noticed that your son is really doing quite well. And the white mother's response is, oh, thank you. She begins to go on and on about, he won the science fair, his uncle's an astronaut. She's just oozing. She realizes the black mother's son is actually excelling her son. And she says, well, wait a minute. Your son's the one that's really coming along. And the black mother responds, oh, my God, he's a handful. But, oh, he just works my nerves. Now, when I'm working with African-American people, it doesn't matter what the audience is. It doesn't matter what class. If I were to ask, is she very proud while she's saying those denigrating things? And everybody laughs and goes, of course, there's a secret. Because everybody black knows that even though the black mother is going, oh, my God, she's really proud. So now let's roll that scene back. 300 years. And let's say this black mother is working in the fields and a white slave owner comes through and says, wow, that boy is really coming along. What is she going to say? No, he's not. He's, he's stupid. He's, he's shiftless. He can't work because I don't want you to sell him. So I denigrate them to protect them. That is called appropriate adaptation. When living in a hostile environment, the little white boy say, Timmy, You know, he feels really comfortable and happy about what his mom just said about him. And Trey looks at his mom and wonders, why can't you be proud of me? Because he doesn't understand the secret yet. And by the time he learns the secret, he will have already been injured by it. Post-traumatic slave syndrome.
0: If you are a minority or a child of color. You definitely know that story. You've been that little boy. With your mother talking, I guess bad about you to a random stranger in a laundromat, or on a bus, or in the mall, and you just kind of feel that, like, why, 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 are mommy talking about me like that? She never talks about me like that in private. And I just found what Doctor Degroof said so fascinating because it resonated with me because I've been in that position many, many times. And maybe you as a listener can understand that feeling as well. But this generational trauma. I like to think of it as a house with so many different locked doors. Locked by us, locked by our parents, locked by our grandparents. Brushed over. in a corner. And it's all these conversations over the years that we never had. You know, you may have yourself a problem with addiction. You know, your escape is through substance abuse. Or maybe you have problems with commitment. Or maybe you deal with bouts of depression. Unless you have conversations with people in your family that maybe you have relatives in your, you know, in your, in your, in your family tree who also deal with those problems. And it may not be a coincidence that You got it, too. The family tree goes all the way down to the root. So, yeah, that alcoholism. Or that uncle who was abusive to women. That may work its way down. The family tree. But the bigger question is, what can we do to. Change some of the trauma. Well, first, we got to understand the trauma. Right, It starts with keeping it real with yourself. Understanding that, hey, there's something about me that I don't like or I want to improve on. And I'm ready to have a good, no, not good, great conversation with myself about am I in a position where I could change this for the better? The answer is yes. But I think it's going to take a very, very, very hard conversation with family to really get to the bottom of your family history. Because the thing about epigenetics is it doesn't change your DNA. You can heal, we can heal, right? Alcoholism does not have to run in our family, gambling does not have to run in our family. We can make a choice today. To say, no, I may not be able to change my family's history, but I could damn sure do something about my family's future. So generational trauma. Let's talk about how we can confront it. I think we first start with the fact that we need to start with how we avoid confronting it within our families. And this could be me. This could be somebody in my family or it could be you or somebody in your family. So one of the ways is denial, complete denial that granddaddy was cheating on grandma. He never stepped out on her. He never did this. He never did that. It never even happened. Your uncle is not an alcoholic. He doesn't even drink. All that denial is hurtful for business. Right. So let's say, you know, two generations from now. You have somebody in your family who's an alcoholic, but nobody ever had a conversation Or was willing to confront the truth that you have many alcoholics in your family. Imagine what you could do with that information. You also see minimization. Taking a clear big problem and saying that it's not a big problem at all. Yeah. Your auntie drink, but it ain't that much. She's still functional. She still got a job. She's able to drive. Not good. Imagine if we had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation about that. And break that cycle. You'll also see this. Transfer of reluctance from parent to child. When it comes to psychotherapy and healthcare. Don't go see no doctor. Why are you going to a therapist? Why are you seeing a psychologist? You crazy? We've all been there. Parents totally against you getting healthy mentally for you and yours because they're not ready to confront their problems. Those are some of the things that we need to confront in order to make progress in our family. Because once we confront those things, we can really do the hard work afterward. And that hard work is us sitting down, having conversations about our family history, having an honest conversation and a transparent conversation about. Things that we're not proud of, things that may be afflicting us, because you never know if you might have had a great great granddaddy who had the same problem or great great grandmother who had that same trauma and how it may be affecting you. When you have those conversations. And you share something about your family history. You are now putting out information information. And when people have information, we can start working on the problems. We see it in every other walks of life. If you hide the information, the blind stay blind. So if you got something in your family history or something that you deal with on yourself, tell somebody in your family. Have a transparent conversation. and Hopefully they come to the table transparent too. That information may not be useful in that room right there. But guess what? If it comes up again, 18, 20, 30, 40 years later, maybe maybe somebody who's willing to have that conversation can use that information and say, damn, I did have an aunt back in the day who was an addict, and I'm an addict. Maybe it's some things in my family I need to confront. Maybe it's some trauma that we still haven't gotten over. But do yourself a favor. When you have that conversation, be a great listener. Right. Be willing, be open to share, but you want to be a great listener. It may be some people in your family that you're not comfortable having conversations with because, you know, just because we family doesn't mean we get along. But to get together for the benefit of the greater good, I'm willing to listen to you judgment free if you agree to listen to me judgment free. And it ain't just my business because since we family, it's our business. And this could have an effect on our children and our children's children. And one of the benefits of having that discussion is you reduce the shame. And that leads to a greater chance of us going out to seek help on our own. So that's what I wanted to touch on today. Just about you being the breaker of the cycle. Why not you? Let's not rely on somebody else to do the work. Let's be a representative of the change that we want to see starting the day right after this podcast matter of fact so I want to close out with sharing an exciting partnership that I made with a friend of mine Rich Frazier who has his own clothing line and he has some apparel that's dedicated to mental health so you may see t-shirts and face masks hoodies sweatshirts beanies and they'll have you know different sayings on it mental health Mondays or I'm a mental health advocate men don't suffer in silence Dope, dope, dope products. I got shirts myself, but I partner with him because we want to offer you a coupon code. So if you head over to his website, rf84u.com, if you use the coupon code Mondo Matters at uh checkout, you get 20% off. I mean I hope everybody who listens to my show is a mental health advocate. You don't have to be a professional to be a mental health advocate. So if you're gonna be one, you might as well have the swag and the drip and your fit looking right to show everybody that you're a mental health advocate so head over to rf84u.com get you some gear you hit that coupon code mind don't matters get 20 percent off tell them j central so if you're a spotify listener i don't believe it's a way that you could rate and review the show uh, on spotify as of yet i heard they're working on it but uh i appreciate you listening on spotify um Share it on your social medias if you don't mind helping a brother out. I'm just saying. But uh, everybody that's listening on Apple Podcasts, there's a place that you can review the show and uh, rate the show. I would appreciate you sharing an honest review and an honest rating. If it happens to be a five star, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at that. that. That wouldn't be a problem at all. But yeah, the feedback definitely helps. Honestly, that's gonna do it for today's show. Glad you guys came back for episode 2 I'm in this journey for the long haul So I hope y'all riding with me And I'll see y'all on episode 3 Ubuntu